Money Morning Rundown, Business First with Angela Miles. Good morning on this Tuesday. From the floor of the Chicago Board Options Exchange, I'm Angela Miles. Coming up on our show today, the ISIS crisis is giving U.S. companies a bump in business. Bad food, good stock. Why Chipotle is looking mighty tasty to traders. Small miracle. How Small Business Saturday is turning a town around. Hunger pains. Is the film franchise losing its aim. Those stories are on the show. A big day could be ahead for the stock market with GDP leading the way on the economic calendar, followed by the Case-Shiller 20 City Index and consumer confidence. On the earnings calendar, it's analog devices, Campbell Soup, Cracker Barrel, Dollar Tree, HP Inc., and Tiffany. In Market Action Monday, a minor sell-off. In our trader rundown on this Tuesday, Dominic Salvino of Group One Trading joins me now. Good to have you here, Dom. Nice to be here. Now, it's a big day. We have GDP coming out, so a lot of people will be watching for this number. What will it mean for the market? Well, the market's actually anticipating this number. It's probably the only number, the only action we're going to get this entire week. As usual, the vacation, the holiday week's very slow. However, with this number coming out, we're seeing some play. So, for example, in the VIX, where we now have weekly options, you're seeing sensitivity to these kind of events like this. Customers coming in and buying the uh, November 17th and 18th calls, being a dime and a nickel, respectively. Clearly because of the number, that's the only thing that could be generating that. Now for somebody who doesn't understand what that means, and he's just talking about the implied moves in the market coming up, they're taking out protection with those options contracts, what does that tell you specifically about what people think is likely to happen with the market direction this week? Well, it's hard to say exactly what the direction is. There, what it does say is they have some concern that the number's not going to be well received. Oh. Because if volatility were to spike, that usually means these bad things are happening in the marketplace. That doesn't mean, though, they're necessarily going to saying that's likely to happen. It's just that they're afraid it's going to happen. And so they're willing to buy themselves some insurance, a little protection, as it were, against what's probably a long position in the rest of the market. Okay, so in case the market goes down on this GDP number, they have taken out their insurance. Exactly. And they've come in and they've paid a relatively high price for it. So there, there's uh, some worry out there certainly in the marketplace now. Dominic, what else are you getting from the floor? You trade in the options bits here? Well, as I mentioned, it's very slow right now because we're in the holidays. Um, but you're seeing people play again in the weeklies and in most products because they're playing around the vacation cycle. So you have the holidays coming in, the short week, less news. People want to play that. They want to sell the options that they don't think will move. And so that allows them the short-term stuff without taking risks two, three, four weeks out. Dominic, thanks so much for your insights today. Thank you. Tapping our news, the crisis with ISIS is creating a bump up in business for Boeing and Lockheed Martin. According to CNN Money, Britain has a plan in place to buy 7% more jets over the next decade. Britain cites ISIS, the Russian feud with Ukraine, and the rising threat of cyber attacks for increasing its military budget to $270 billion. $18 billion reportedly will go towards buying new patrol aircraft for surveillance and F-35 fighters. Mergers and acquisitions 
acquisitions is now at a record level for the year. Monday's nearly $160 billion deal between Pfizer and Allergan assisted in setting that record. According to merger market, M&A deals as far are now totaling $3.8 trillion. That's 17% higher than last year. In a less talked about deal yesterday, CBC Capital Partners and the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board agreed to buy U.S. pet supply company Petco. That deal is valued at a tail wagging $4.6 billion. Alcoa shares are trending higher. That's after hedge fund Elliott Associates revealed it's taking a 6.4% stake in the aluminum company. The hedge fund calls Alcoa stock dramatically undervalued. Now over to CME Group where Todd Colvin is standing by with today's Trader Tip. Ah, time for the trade of the week. Uh, it's going to be another unexciting week. We have a holiday this week. Uh, markets are going to kind of be in um, on part-time trade. I think what we're really looking at here are 10-year yields. We're going to continue to look at 10-year yields. Uh, they're high. Uh, we got up as high as in the mid-230s. And then post-October uh, FOMC minutes, we saw a trade back to two and a quarter, and that's kind of where we've sat. Uh, the year-to-date 50% uh, retracement for 10-year yields is around 205, 210. So we're well above that. We have stocks trading at the high. We have the dollar trading very strong. We have the rest of the world kind of watching us, waiting for us to, with bated breath, to do something tremendous with our monetary policy. And we still have a tremendous amount of risk in the market. Now, what it, why are 10-year yields going higher based on what I just said? Well, I think the market is fearful for a Fed rate tight, tightening cycle that involves some kind of inflationary pressure. But crashing commodity markets, uh, is quote-unquote deflation, as well as the expectation for higher rates from the Fed really have the bond market confused right now. I think right now we, could be, we should be seeing 10-year yields closer to 2% than 2.5%. And right now we're kind of at the midpoint, but certainly I would err on the side of caution, especially heading into year-end. I see no reason why uh, bond sell-off should occur uh, going into year-end with all the risk I just mentioned, plus the fact that we have this whole geopolitical risk floating in the air that no one seems to be talking about. And the one thing that really bothers me is that bond volatility and all market volatility for that matter is trading so low on year-to-date lows in some cases. And that to me says the market has become very lethargic and it's just kind of waiting for something to happen that may or may not happen, but doesn't seem to be any real tense intensity about it. Uh, and right now, I think that that's a place where you want to be buying bonds. There's too many reasons why bonds could go down, uh, could go up, excuse me, and yields could go down. And I think that's a place to be at least from now until year end. And once we get into the year end, maybe the Fed is already tightened, maybe not, but we can, we can certainly find something to do at that point. This has been Todd Colvin from the floor of the CME Group. Thank you, Todd. Tyson Foods is flying high on chicken sales. Shares rose nearly 10% Monday after the company reported better-than-expected earnings due in part to strong demand for chicken. Tyson is also profiting from its purchase of sausage seller Hillshire Brands. Ford is taking a new direction with airbags. Here's more. Ford will not be using airbag inflators made by Takata Corporation anymore, another blow to the troubled Japanese parts supplier. The Detroit Free Press revealed that Ford will be joining Honda, Toyota, and Nissan against putting inflators in cars, trucks, and SUVs now under development. Takata inflators can explode with too much force, sending shrapnel into drivers and passengers. At least eight people have been killed and hundreds injured connected to the defective components. The faulty inflators have led to the recall of 19.2 million vehicles in the U.S., and government regulators are investigating the possibility of millions more. 
MarketWatch reports the percentage of homeowners who are underwater is 8.7%, down from 21% at the end of 2011. However, the percentage of homeowners who believe they are underwater is 27%, according to a study from Fannie Mae. That perception may be one reason why so few homes are actually on the market. The National Association of Realtors said that inventories fell another 2% in October and remain well below historical levels when compared to the pace of sales. This fact, combined with low interest rates, is keeping the market tight. At the box office, the Hunger Games movie franchise is no longer a big winner. The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2, produced by Lionsgate, brought in just $101 million over the weekend. That's about $22 million less than the previous Hunger Games installment. Coming up, Christmas comeback. How Small Business Saturday led to the economic turnaround of one American town. Plus, why Hispanic millennials are taking charge of their own companies and why Chipotle's E. coli trouble is becoming a buying opportunity for traders. Business First AM will be right back. Welcome back. A war of words is happening between Federal Reserve Chair Janet Yellen and consumer advocate Ralph Nader. Nader blasted Yellen for keeping interest rates low, but in a letter, Yellen blasted back, saying the Fed was right to keep interest rates low for the past seven years. Yellen says, while it was a hardship for seniors who rely on fixed income, the declines in their home values and retirement accounts would have been much more severe. Well, Walmart is hoping for big spending this weekend beyond Black Friday. Here's more. Walmart has decided that Cyber Monday, the biggest online shopping day of the year, won't start on Monday anymore. In a Reuters story, the world's largest retailer detailed how, for the first time, it will launch all its Cyber Monday deals on Sunday after Thanksgiving rather than the early hours of Monday. With internet access readily available, the logic of limiting the event to a weekday for people shopping on their work computers no longer applies. Walmart had a handful of teaser deals on Sunday last year, but this is the first time it will offer all of its Cyber Monday promotions the day before. The move shows how retailers are looking to stretch out what were once single-day shopping events. Small Business Saturday is really taking off in Rockford, Illinois. Joining me now is John Groh. He's with the Tourism Bureau in Rockford. Good to have you here. Thanks for having me. So you are an American success story. You had an area that was depressed, and now people want to come out and shop small yes. in Rockford. How did you do this? You know, great things are happening in Rockford. And so one of the things that we have done is create a new event that celebrates our small businesses, that in encourages people to come together to kick off the holiday season and that holiday shopping season. And it has been a great success. What do you think was the turnaround point? You know, I think you know the, the turnaround point. I think when people believe that uh, we can be an even greater city than we already are, our entrepreneurs are investing, the market is responding, and people are coming back to our downtown. People are, um, you know, the, the the economy downtown is thriving, and that's exciting. Well, tell us what kind of growth are you seeing? Well, you know, so if you look at Rockford overall, uh, in 2010 our unemployment topped out at 17 percent. Wow. Now today we're at 6.2 percent, so a really significant improvement in the overall economy. More than a dozen new businesses 
have opened in our downtown. You know, trendy boutiques and great upscale restaurants and farm-to-table options, you know, things like that that have really made um, you know people take a second look at our community and our downtown. How is it translating into money for Rockford? Yeah, well, you know, the the you know if you look at year-over-year -year growth in terms of sales tax from food and beverage and things like that, uh, really strong growth. I think 12% over the last year in terms of revenue from uh, restaurants and bars, and that's just you know, an, an indication that follows investment from uh, people opening new restaurants or opening new retail options. A new Embassy Suites Hotel is on the horizon. So uh, now the bigger guys are coming now, in. Now the bigger guys are coming in. For, uh, it's a 160-room hotel and conference center that'll open right on our riverfront in 2017. Well, I think you should bottle that secret. You just believed and people came into the area and they believed it would happen, and here you are. Good Absolutely. To, good to have you here. Thanks so much. Happy holidays. And to you. Coming up next, how Hispanic millennials are eagerly starting up their own companies. Plus, Tiffany shines bright like a diamond for one trader. Find out why in Stocking Up. In Millennials and Money this morning, I'm joined by Kirsten Johnson. She's with Merchant Cash USA, and she's spent a lot of time looking at what's going on with Hispanics who are millennials, mm -hmm. and many are want to start up their own companies. Yeah, absolutely. Great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So what kind of companies do they want to start up? So uh, my company surveyed 6,500 Hispanic millennials, uh, men and women, and we kind of found a plethora of results, which was really interesting. They want to start anything from a restaurant to a technology firm to childcare services. So it's a very wide variety, which is kind of exciting for the American economy. Absolutely. So how do their prospects look in your eyes? Oh my gosh, they look incredible. I mean, they come from every type of background and it makes, you know, them even more ambitious than say someone who comes from, you know, a background where everything is handed to them. I mean, not to say that everyone is like that, but, you know, absolutely an amazing background and these people are driven they're excited to start their own businesses and I think that you know most of them they don't want to work for the man they want to be the man Wow that's really interesting and so when they come in is, is it difficult to get a loan right now if you're Hispanic and you're millennial I think it's difficult for a small business owner to get a loan no matter right, what um, right. there's a lot of red tape with traditional banking systems sure um, so that's why alternative financing organizations such as myself Merchant Cash USA and others we kind of provide a stepping stone to get money quicker and in smaller amounts. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, the traditional banking system, they don't want to give out a loan that's, you know, more or that's less than say $200,000 or so because the underwriting costs are so expensive. Um, so something with like with us, it's quicker, it's faster, you get the cash, you know, in less time. And, you know, if there's an emergency or, you know, you need the cash fast for something in your business, it's kind of it's kind of great. What tips would you give to somebody then who wants to start up that business? I would say go for it. I mean, definitely see if you can get financing from family or friends because that's always, you know, the, the easiest. Yes, exactly. But I would say follow your dreams. The American economy is kind of, you know, starting to, to, to turn around and it's getting better and there's a lot of optimism out there. So I would say just, just go for it. Try it or you'll regret it. What areas for millennials are specifically looking red hot here where people could start up a company yeah. and become successful. The restaurant industry we found is really big. So that means kind of any food services, catering, bakeries, food trucks is huge right now, and you know, fine dining as well. So I think food, especially with the Hispanic community is huge. It's just, you know, a big part of their culture as it is with any culture. So I know trucking is also on your list. Trucking is huge as well. So the trucking industry is interesting right now because it's 
growing in popularity because we just want so much in America, so many mm -hmm. supplies, mm -hmm. and we want to keep it in-house as opposed to you know getting items from other countries. The thing with the trucking industry, though, is it's really expensive. The cost of these trucks is so much, and a lot of these smaller companies are finding it difficult to stay on their feet. So, you know, they're they're looking at alternative financing to help them, you know, if a truck breaks down or something happens. And then what would be some caveats for somebody who does want to go into that restaurant or catering business? I think one of the, the caveats is that it is hard to get uh, financing to start it up mm. because a lot of these, you know, traditional banks, the bigger banks, they see restaurants as, you know, that old myth, nine out of 10 restaurants fail in the first year. So they're kind of a little hesitant to, you know, necessarily finance it. So I think that financing hurdle is like the first thing that they kind of have to, you know, jump over. Any other advice before you take off today? I would say, you know, as a millennial myself, I am kind of of the same mindset as I would like to eventually, you know, own my own business and actually renovating houses or something like that. So I would say, you know, maybe work for the man for a few years and then follow your own dreams. Great to have you here. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Still to come, find out if traders think Chipotle shares are worth a nibble despite the E. coli problem. Business First AM continues after this. In Stocking Up today, Scott Bauer joins me now for a closer look at Tiffany, a stock that just might shine going into the holidays. Good yeah, to have you here. Good to be here, Angie. You never know. You know, the, the big retailers have been beaten down so dramatically, Tiffany being one of them, down 30% year to date. But there's really some reason to like Tiffany here, one of them being that the stock pays over a 2% dividend, which you don't see with big retail stocks like this. And, you know, the investors really like that. And that me could too. be somewhat of a backstop in the stock here. Uh, you know, Earnings, you know, if, if we see that they wind up coming out way above or even just meeting estimates, they've been beaten down so badly here, this stock really has some some pretty big upside. So I like the upside play here in Tiffany. You too. I How do. far up would you go? Where I'm do you going think all, the stock is going? I'm going all the way up to the 85 strike wow. because that's about a 10% move, which the option market is, is pricing in. Okay, so you're very yep. bullish on I am. This. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about a problem stock here in the market. Uh-oh. Chipotle. Uh-oh. All right. So we've had a lot of negative comments about this E. coli yep. business going on. The stock has been all over the map. Is this a trading vehicle at this point? It's definitely a trading vehicle. It's not an investing vehicle at this point yet, unless you're bullish for the long term. That's my right. opinion. You know. At the end of last week on Friday, we actually saw panic selling towards the end of the day. Uh, yesterday, Monday, we saw the stock pre-market was actually down $10, $12, and then right after the market opened, rallied huge. So for if you're a trader, if you're able to get in and out and in and out and be flexible, it's a great trading market. For the long run here, I truly believe, you know, every food company, not every, but many food companies have an E. coli pro, uh, problem. Right. It's not just isolated to Chipotle. Look at the fundamentals here. Look at the long-term growth. Look at the kind of stock it is I think the stock trades 600 again it, you know that's it, thing. way way sooner than it trades down again and some people might say does this stock even deserve to be above $500 how does that happen 
you know, it happens, Ange, because, you know, I hate to say it, more buyers than sellers. People <laughs> right? like the stock. Pe people like the stock. At some point, it's probably going to be ripe for a split. Fundamentally, the stock still is in a class of its own. Mm -hmm. there, there really is not another option if you're looking to invest in that space like there is a Chipotle. And again, you know, every stock in this space goes through some sort of negativity, some sort of outbreak like what we've had here. I think there was an overreaction towards the end of last week. And again, I look to see a, a 600 handle on this thing sooner rather than later. Well, that's what I was going to ask you next. Was it a knee-jerk reaction? Because sometimes, as you know, when negative news comes into the market, people go crazy and they just dump, dump, dump the stock. Yeah, that's the easy thing to do, right? You see negativity and the easy thing to do is sell, 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 sell. And, you know, if you could take a step back, again, really look at fundamentals. Technical are hard to look when something happens like this in a knee-jerk reaction. Look at the fundamentals of this company, though. And again, this is the premier stock in this class. And if you're going to be in this space, this is the one to be in. Good to have you here. Good to be here. Before we take off for today, quick reminder, we'd like to stay in touch with you. You can find us on Facebook at Business First AM and on YouTube at Business First with Angela Miles. If you have a moment, tell us how you like the show and please subscribe, like, and share our show with others. Coming up tomorrow, it's marriage and money. From all of us at Business First AM, have a great Tuesday. Keep in mind, investment recommendations, ideas, and opinions presented on Business First AM are solely those of the traders, hosts, analysts, and experts, and do not reflect the recommendations or opinions of Business First AM, its owners, any television broadcaster, social media site, website, or podcast. You should be cautious about any and all investment recommendations presented on Business First AM and should consider the source of any advice on investment selection. Various factors, including personal, or corporate ownership may influence the opinions and investment recommendations of traders, hosts, analysts, and experts quoted on Business First AM. You should not treat any recommendation or opinion expressed on Business First AM as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular trading strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. If you rely on these opinions and recommendations, you do so at your own risk. The opinions expressed on Business First AM do not take into account your individual investment objectives or financial needs and are not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned on this program. In addition, you are reminded that any investment past performance is no guarantee or indicator of future performance.